Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Good morning and welcome everyone once again to the Motherland Fort Salem AfterBuzz TV After Show. I am your host, Kevin Allen, and once again, I'm joined by my unit, Brian Santos. Hello, so excited to be here with you guys. It's bright and early in the morning. I mean, it's not really bright and early, but, you know, it's quarantine bright and early. Um, so I'm ready to jump into this with you all. Gunner Texera. I cannot wait to talk with a very special guest, even if it's early in the morning for quarantine time. Yeah, that's right. We normally don't do things in the morning. Usually we have a night show, but we were a little messy, and so we had to postpone. But to get us back into gear, we have our very own drill sergeant with us. Demetria McKinney. Coming straight at you. Hi, guys. How are you? Uh, I'm awesome. I'm awesome. Thank you guys for giving me a reason to get dressed up and out of bed today. Absolutely. You're you're welcome. Our pleasure. Uh, I'm thrilled to have you be part of the show to begin with, but especially for this most recent episode. Uh, There was, oh, my God. Okay, let's just dive right in because that's (laughs) what they did. They jumped straight in right when we left (laughs) off. So, uh, we're going to get to City Drop. We're going to get to the training exercise, all the new intel that came their way, and the uh, baby's very first mission. Uh, so uh, right off the bat, guys, what did you think? Gunner? I, this was such a kick-ass episode, and Anacostia, this whole episode, is probably one of my favorites. I've been loving her all season, so it's been so cool. Oh, absolutely, Bryant. So, Dimitri, I have to be honest with you. When Anacostia was first introduced... <laughs> I was a little bit skeptical. I, I was like, I think she has something up her sleeve, but loved her the last few episodes, especially this one. And this was just such a great episode for everybody, showing so many different layers, so many different nuances of each character, what they're going through, what they're thinking, and how it affects their decisions. So I love that so much. And obviously, it was just so like amazing to see the girls just kick butt and those free like destroy those trucks like nobody's business so I loved it and then we had a heartbreaking moment so I'm sure we're going to talk about that (laughs) oh we're going to get into everything but for first uh Demetria uh, just as an outside viewer of television how did you find this episode well first off what I want to say is in preparation we all try to make sure that we live tweet we want to be connected to the audience we want to hear their feedback make sure they're getting all the bullet points of the storylines and really connecting with the characters Mm -hmm. so We've usually kind of tried to do like a, a reread of the old scripts, you know, try to catch up. But I was really kind of hell bent on making sure that I saw this with fresh eyes with everybody else so that I could have a true perspective. No bias, although I feel like it's an amazing show naturally. <laughs> but watching this episode and really getting to see some of the intricacies come to light with everybody. I mean, it's so multifaceted, so multidimensional already. But then when you see each character really start to peel back those layers, as you said, and how each of those layers bump and clash and combine with each of the other ones, it was just really exhilarating to watch. The action scenes were dope AL stuff. (laughs) And I was just like, man, I want, you know, I'm in the, I'm in my living room and I'm just like, 
<laughs> doing nothing, but I just felt like I was so invested and so into it. So yeah, it was a great episode for me. It absolutely was. I mean, a really strong episode, not just because it kind of went with this uh, genre shift into being a, a bigger, more blockbustery kind of episode of television, but also it really focused essentially on this one storyline. We got a little, we stepped aside a little bit to uh, get General Alder's perspective and uh, with raiding the Spree Armory, but mm -hmm. it only just to influence what was happening with our main unit. So let's let's follow them in to City Drop. Uh, they they dive right in to this uh, exercise, but as soon as they're on the ground, I mean, it's still a training regimen. They have time to like collect themselves, line up or be orderly. It's very much a school setup. However, uh, our team gets right into it because Tally unfortunately has a rough landing, which considering the odds, someone was bound to. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah. tends to her and i did not expect that this is how the mm -hmm. revelation would get to rayel same and boy oh boy was that bad timing for everyone uh-huh <laughs> ryan you had a thought i could see it i <laughs> do and elliot lawrence's um writing you know he gives yeah. you little nuggets at the very beginning and then as you get into the thick of things and you start to go mm -hmm. back and you're like oh that's what <gasps> you know so yeah i i <laughs> I was sitting there like, no, she's going to know. I knew that already. Darn it. You know, so <laughs> that's when you know you've got good writing. Like it drew me in. Like I was brand new to it. Seriously. Well, I'm going to go for it. I'm so sorry to the chat. I hope I don't get canceled again. But I have to just say that Rael did not do it for me this episode, especially in that moment when she saw Tally, like when she saw that from Tally, she could have easily like trusted her sister. Like we think she's going to and be like, oh my gosh, I'm, I, I didn't even know that was going to happen. But no, she's like, oh my God, how could you do that? You know, that's my girl. She's on the spree. And I'm like, honey, there was a balloon. There was a blue balloon. Like what more evidence do you need, sister? So I was yeah. just so confused. <laughs> I was confused as well. Cause it's like, it's not you not trusting Tally. It's now you not trusting what you saw. But yes. No, see, mm -hmm. I have to add to that because as much she doesn't understand it, she, I am very concerned with how she's not, press, wasn't pressing Anacostia about the, like, dream she thought she had because Anacostia kidnapped her in the middle of the night. I really thought right after she learned the information and they got in line, I was like, she got Tally, now she's going to Anacostia, she'll lose it on Anacostia right now, and she never really did. I so she What? I wish she would. I know. I was <laughs> yes, step to you, girl. You would have just been like, pack. <laughs> so rough, so fast. But she's confused. She's still reeling from that weird dream she had. And now seeing that Tally knows something and realizing the reason Scylla's possibly gone is because of it, she's going to be mad because she knows, in reality, partially, Tally and Anacostia having a conversation and knowing that they think Scylla is spree got her abducted somehow, or she assumes that. Yes. Yeah, it's... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Demetria, yes, you girl, have a, tell something us, you want to share? <laughs> but just to play a little bit of devil's advocate for Rayo, right? Yes. Who here has not fallen in love? Stupid. 
<laughs> so true. Like, just, um, like when you look back, you're like, how did I not? I, I mean, it was right there, you know? And I mean, love is blinding, especially for somebody who came in with their already preconceived things about what this was, that everybody was kind of against her. This isn't right. And she's found this connection, this thing that made her whole. She's lost her mother. She's away from home. She's around all of these really militant people. Anacostia been all up in her stuff. And now <laughs> there's this thing. And yes, she is still reeling from this dreamlike thing that she went through where she realizes that the love of her life is basically still alive. So there's just a whole lot of different emotions that I think she had to kind of process a little bit. Don't you think? Can we get a little bit of slack? Oh, no, I, I agree. Because uh, she, the concern for her in that moment was not that uh, Scylla is free. She was kind of dismissing that very important piece of information. But it was more about you all knew she was alive while I suffered in not knowing this and didn't clue me in. So that was her initial reaction was that knowing that, oh, Scylla is in fact alive and you all knew it the whole time. Because Gunnar, like you said, it was a dream from her perspective. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's that's where her focus lies. Now, I I do agree with you as well, uh, Brian and Gunnar, that as it went on, like she was really kind of being willfully ignorant about the spree connection and just mm-hmm. coming up with excuses to yes. not trust mm-hmm. that fact that's like not even a presented to her like once she got herself at this point yes i want to jump to the tribe real quick um yeah because yeah. they're like going off on this so it's, it's okay crazy. they're actually split so thank you guys because usually everyone is team rael but i know that some people are seeing the light <laughs> so <laughs> yeah way to make it more divisive <laughs> But everybody in the chat, thank you all so much for being here. Your grandpa, mm-hmm. Adam, I, Takija, like it's amazing. They have so many great insights about the show. Some of them love Rael, some of them love don't. Some of them think that she needs to get her emotions in check. Um, and I will agree on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the bigger thing is really just being able to kind of push it aside or not push it aside, but at least get pushed through it to deal with the issue at hand, you know, because yeah. I feel like that's where everything went awry is that she couldn't get it together fast enough for them to collect themselves to get in line and do what they needed to do, you know? Exactly. You got to leave your baggage at the door. As soon as they cross that uh, chain link fence, they're in this training exercise. And something that uh, I definitely took note of when they were being instructed by their superiors was that they were encouraged not to hold back and that the people who are respectively acting as the spree will not hold back either. Now I'm going to go out ahead and just say that that was a bad idea up front because they've seen how surprising these uh, cadets have been, especially the Bellwether unit. So they mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have told them that. <laughs> and later, they, they definitely shouldn't have. Um, but it's, it's, for all intents and purposes, this is legit. And mm-hmm. oh man, oh man, was this the worst possible scenario for Abigail. Not only is her team who's kind of been a little wish-washy as far as focus is concerned not focused now but one of them is actively challenging the lieutenants and uh mm-hmm. the other one is disconnected kind of fo- yeah she's kind of uh, between her leg and between focusing on trying to get rael back in to her good graces she's elsewhere mm-hmm. too like this could not have gone worse for abigail and then abigail adds to it by the reality of you know okay so Scylla is free Spree mm-hmm. killed my cousin. That yes. at the worst, worst moment. Like, yes, I understand they said for everybody to use whatever they had to. This is a true life, quote unquote, situation. 
but there was still rules of engagement that she completely neglected once that, that reality started to hit her. So oh, we're looking absolutely. at a group of girls, this, this unit that is the most ununified they've been in the worst possible moment. Yeah, uh, at the point where they got hit with the car alarm and suffered a plague, like I just thought they were out. I thought that was it for them. Mm -hmm. I know, oh my God. And I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that was not in fact the case, that they essentially had a second chance. And then even more so, their quarreling, this never works for me, come on. Uh, their <laughs> quarreling is what kind of got them ahead with the uh, other unit. I, I'm assuming the spree were going to give the element of surprise and just kind of uh, ambush mm -hmm. all of the sleeping cadets. And they got uh, the jump on that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It, yeah, okay, good. Happy accident. But yes, like when Abigail went a little uh, wild there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we yeah, got to send love to Abigail for Tori this week because Tori would be the biggest person here, <laughs> like going to bat for her sister. <laughs> but I, yeah. I do agree that Abigail, she was dealing with so much. And I don't know. I, it's, I have this weird thing with Abigail. It's like, I feel like she was so like, she was a little bit more right, you know, in that to be more upset than Rael was, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like because... Oh, yeah. But see, it's different with Abigail because at that same token, she should have understood from a military perspective, you know? Once Tally said, I couldn't say anything because I was given orders, Abigail should have been like, okay, I understand completely. Right. But right. I think that's where it kind of shown the cracks. And, you know, she she puts on this front that she's so 1,000% military, but at the same time, mm. she's still human. So she's like, okay, I, I understand you were given orders, but that's like my cousin. You like, she was the reason she's dead, you know? So it's such a struggle, but I don't know. I mean, just sending love to Abigail for Tori. <laughs> well, Abigail, mm -hmm. oh, go, go ahead, Demetria. No, no, it, you. It adds to what Adil was saying to her last episode. You mm -hmm. know, you, you know what war is, you glorify it. You think that you've got everything figured out because you come from this lineage and you're so grand with it. But mm -hmm. then really, really step into those combat boots and you realize that you're in it. It's not just a war and a soldier. It is a yes. person a battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I the, feel that the entire bellwether identity has is intertwined with uh, war and combat to the point where it's hard to distinguish between the two of uh, being a bellwether and being a soldier. Mm -hmm. So now that she's really getting a taste for what that second part of the bellwether identity is, it's starting to open her up her eyes a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and and that's I think also why we as outside of, of viewers always see her uh, her strict devotion to the military as that when it actually it's just strict devotion to her family. But because mm. again they're so intertwined, it's now we see okay this is what the difference is yeah, when it's definitely. about her cousin it matters more. And I think yes. also mm -hmm. the the more human side of her in the when she is attacking the spree agent in the like session how you said they were probably going in for an attack when they were sleeping which made me realize i was just like did they just stumble upon these people or were they gonna go hit the sleeping cadets and you see abigail a bit lose it not out of anything more than a bit of ptsd and rage of i almost was i was just in the situation where spree attacked me and i'm stuck and trapped and overwhelmed and then had to go and her career is falling apart too yeah. like mm -hmm. that's also on her mind i'm sure Yes. And having to depend on other people for everything to go right. Yes. 
Mm-hmm. And that just happened to Charvel, that same thing, a kind of surprise attack that she didn't see coming. And so she was like, oh, girl, like, not, mm, I, I ain't it. Mm-hmm. I ain't it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because, right, I mean, not just to happen to Charvel, but also happened to her. She was yeah. ambushed at the wedding. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's been through a rough and tumble once already and she's probably learned a great deal from that. Okay, cool. Um, not just her though. Rayelle is also out and about on her own little side mission and not ambushed, but is certainly uh, surprised by one of her officers who she recognizes, but doesn't recognize her back. And that's, uh, that's fun. Yeah, Gunner. <laughs> Gunner, I see you doing that. Jesse, please give me a thought. <laughs> the second I saw uh, the lieutenant, I, Helen, for a quick moment, I almost thought, wait, did Scylla escape? Is she out? But <laughs> I realized, no, Rael's going to learn more and more. And I don't think even Rael realized that even when Anna, uh, Anacostia and that lieutenant were questioning her, I was kind of thinking, Rael, why are you talking? You never go with the machine, you never answer questions. And now this time you do, you just <sighs> more information and why they know. Still was deeper of an agent, a sleeper agent into this group more than you realize. And so I was kind of a little ashamed of Rayle. I was like, you would have so questioned this. You're, you must be so distraught and emotional right now. You can't even realize that they're questioning more so about Scylla. And they have to figure it out because what are the odds that this lieutenant who doesn't recognize you, but when you're talking to her, was talking about your girlfriend who also is now Spree. Like, make mm-hmm. the connection there. Yeah, like, it took Anacostia to literally spell it out in front of her for her for Riel to finally come to that conclusion. And yeah. when you lay it out, like it's it's so hard to deny. And I, I kind of give it up to Riel for at least not trying to fight it then. Yeah, because you know, like Dimitri said, Anacostia's not the one. She would have just been like, girl, like <laughs> she would have been like, get it together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think the com- the culmination of everything from linking with Tally to uh, Lieutenant Graves, to just everything that she's had to see, feel, experience, and finally having a chance to really, I think that walk may have been, you know, she's kind of sorting through things as she's on this hunt for Anacostia. But once Anacostia has to lay it out for her, like, girl, she don't love you. And you have nothing else. There is no rebuttal. <laughs> like, I felt, I felt actually heartbroken for her because as much as you wanted her to get it, you could see that getting it really kind of broke her. And I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, God, no, not the Racilla. <laughs> I I could see it in the performances, both from the military, Kevin. It's and oh, it was confined because military settings, but it was so deep the the uh, the sorrow in that moment. Mm-hmm. So that that was as as um, sparse as a moment that was. It was a very heavy one, and I thought this so good. So yeah. good, especially amongst <laughs> all of the clatter of this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things I want to point out uh, before th- we get into the turning of the tides here. Uh, I really enjoy that, uh, watching t- uh, Tally through the last training exercise in the hallway. I feel like, Gunner, you've mentioned that she has this ability of, of sight and mm-hmm. can see what uh, most others are not able to, and that definitely gets utilized later. But another thing I'm starting to notice about Tally, and granted, I'm her cheerleader, is she has leadership potential. And I'm really hoping we get to see more of that down the road. She really took charge throughout this whole debacle in her unit. Uh, it got to a point where she just had to have put on this attitude of, look, I'm not taking your shit anymore. 
but not to say that she didn't give one anymore. She wasn't completely over it. She still cared for her unit. And when she snapped to Rael right before Rael went to go do her little side mission, that like, you can't just leave. It wasn't one of mocking or demeaning. It was still out of concern, but just said with that tough exterior she had to put up. Mm-hmm. And later, when both of them are just bickering at each other, she goes, all right, cool. You do this, you do this. I'm going to do this. And it was a very successful mission, mm-hmm. all in all. I see. Uh, first off, I'll make the stand. I'm the biggest Tally fan on this panel. Just want to make that very clear right now. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll let you have it. When I saw her at episode one, I said, that's my girl. That's my girl. <laughs> she's definitely my second favorite for sure because I just thought she's the baddest of them all. But this episode was, for me, a bit where I disliked Tally the most because of really? how, how detached she had to be of how she's always the emotional one. And not even like, oh, she's emotional, she's a mess, just passionate and expressive to then go to, I'm not taking your crap anymore. And how we said before, when she gets so into a moment, she can also so detach. I see it's something with the way uh, the uh, uh, Jessica Laura Sutton like acts is that she her whole face just goes, I'm not emotional anymore. It's like her like uh, the Vampire Diaries kind of concept like, <sighs> is off, and it's so impressive that she can just flip like that and so in touch with her emotions to be. I'm in military mode. I'm in combat. There are no problems. Our, we left our baggage at the door, so go put yours back there too. Yeah, sure. I don't see that as being detached. I see that Me as too. her putting on her game face. Yes. Like I was saying with the you can't just leave moment, she still is trying to connect with her. I guess stay connected to her unit. Part of, part of her connectivity comes in understanding that when one part of the unit is broken, the other parts have to step in. And I sure. think being the person who was the most naive, the most un, un accustomed to life outside of her matrifocal world mm. coming in being the one with vision first off a leader has to have that period point blank and the fact that that is her gift and she's finally starting to come into the knowledge and acceptance of that is really really strong for me her emotional attachment to everybody and what this is is still there but understanding that again we have to check our emotions at the door and after everything she went through with buttonwood you know, mm-hmm. feeling that heartbreak and really having to turn that off in order to be there for her unit while having to be there for the military, while having to be protecting Raelle in the way that she was. I think she's learned a lot more lessons that were revealed in her stature in the midst of what this training session was. She was absolutely one of my favorite characters to watch this episode. I'm team mm-hmm. Tally all day. Jessica, you did that, baby. Yes. Gunnar, I would agree with you in that sense, but I do also see the point where it's more just like she sees the brevity of the situation. Like she sees that like she has to like get it together now because it's now or never. Um in this training. And then obviously again, even more so when it became a real life. Uh oh. it probably is my own my own personal struggles in the sense of how that's why I relate so much with Tally, how emotional she is. Yeah. So attached, it just kind of hurts me. It's like you're an emotional person, don't turn it off. But it is out of maturity, out of respect for her career. My job is the military. My duty is to serve and not let my personal issues get in the way of it. So that is very true. I do. I, do. I, I absolutely see that. Going through all of her technical difficulties and then Tally was still running around like Little Miss Sunshine at the same time. <laughs> That'd almost be too insensitive. That'd be just as insensitive. That's right. Yeah. I love that. Uh, one other cadet I just want to shout out in this point in the series is uh, Libby. Libba. Uh, Libba. Libba. Is it Libby in the game? Is that what I'm picking up from? Libba Swai, yeah. Libba Swai. Libba Swai. Swai? Libba Swai? 
Yeah. And yes. Uh, I, I, I wrote to myself, like, when they get out of, they have a more or less successful-ish, you know, nothing's perfect mission. And uh, she steps up and the Bellwether unit kind of gets her stuff together. And Libba's still, like, throwing shade. Like, she's just never satisfied <sighs> with the Bellwether unit or any strides they make. Nothing is ever good enough for her. Um, yeah. But it does, it did have a different tone. It was one less of her being on a high horse and more being like, hey, you have issues. Not me anymore. You've got issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anywho. <laughs> so they continue on this regiment and they're all running around. And then they get the word from the superiors that their training exercise has now ceased, which there was an initial shock of like, oh God, we all failed. Uh, mm-hmm. But in fact, they're gonna <laughs> yeah, step it up. Yeah, yeah. go into deployment. No war college for any of you. <laughs> yeah, quite the opposite. <laughs> it's so. Real. Sorry, what was that? It gets real now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it got real right then. They suited up and booted up, and they were on the choppers again for their first mission. Uh, mm-hmm. While they were away playing war games. Alder uh, got the intel or took advantage of the intel of taking down the Spree Armory. It literally blew up in their face. And instead, they now have to go after these two trucks that are on route carrying the entire armory. Yeah. So the only people who are able to do that, and I don't know why I'm recapping you all were there, uh, <sighs> is our team. So what did you think of that decision, first of all? <laughs> Gunner, go ahead and say it. It's a controversial decision, no matter what you decide. So, like, in theory, if you are training these witches to be the soldiers and the witches they are, in theory, they should be capable. Yes, they've only been there for weeks, maybe a month or two. So, it is sending like level one characters to go fight the boss on level ten, which is totally unrealistic. But if they are being trained properly, because we have one of the best drill drill sergeants around, they can take care of it. But it's still very risky. And as we d- talk more about how this all played out, I'm going I'm to lose it on Alder because <laughs> end of the conversation. So, yeah. Uh, uh, okay. I, I want to chime in because I, I, I didn't disagree because I thought that it was great. But I, the fact that she was really like, this is all we have. Like, literally, girl, like, where is the rest of the military, honey? Because I'm like, <laughs> she literally was like, oh, well, actually, no, she said they're the closest. Mm-hmm. They can get there the fastest. So I guess that makes sense. But if really, like, there could not be anybody that can, like, get on a jet plane and get there or, like, do some teleportation. I don't know. Just throwing some thoughts out there into the world. But it was definitely, like, a kind of crazy decision that, of course, she had to make in the moment because she knew that it was really a matter of life or death. So obviously, it was a tough decision because she had to make that choice which again, she made in the end of the, the, the couple we're having here to, to try and, you know, I guess like sacrifice or use against the possibility of losing millions or a many. So it's always that military struggle. Yes, yes girl. Please. Tell us your Me thoughts. <laughs> Underdig what I'm about to say. Mm-hmm. I understand that there is no fair way to fight in war. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understand that decisions have to be made. Some of them are not the most favorable. Now, like you said, the the girls are very, very talented, but they don't know their own strength. They don't know their own power. And again, they are tier one. They are very, very new to this. They're going through their basic rite of passage during city drop, okay? Now, understanding that they were the closest, yeah, okay, I get it. You have to try to send something there to try to stop something. But even if she had said, you know, okay, 
start them that way. We will get some forces, as you said, on yes. the way reinforcements you know and then you got to think about the president of the whole country of it all like you're bringing extra fire down on it and and an entity that's already been scrutinized and obviously scrutinized so yes i understand that alter need alter alder needed that win against the spree but i felt like it was a more self-serving decision oh yes what the country needed to happen like yes we definitely need to get there but i don't feel like that was her main initiative in my mind she was like i need this win or i'm gonna lose it and she (laughs) yeah so for me uh it was more along the lines of what you're saying i thought that the decision and granted it's hard to say what other options are because we don't know how this world works yet we don't know if they have fighter jets they can just like zip right in or not or teleport um but okay, cool. So if an option is to get all of the soldiers who are currently at City Drop involved, well, it's not just the level one cadets. You also have the soldiers who are supposedly experienced enough to pretend to be spree and while keeping themselves and the people they're fighting safe. So that, mm-hmm. that requires a certain level of experience and talent. So I was like, great, mm-hmm. we could put them at the front of the flying V and then have all the cadets like as reserve or whatever. I, I just thought, I mm-hmm. thought the decision was the best in the situation, mm-hmm. but upon execution of it, it became more and more of a bad idea and more and more about one about like, just snuff this out really quick. It was the finality of it that mm-hmm. bothered me. There was a distinction made earlier in the episode between uh, that, like we neutralize a target. We don't go past that. So you neutralize you don't eliminate and granted they kind of flub the words uh, a little bit later but they're training soldiers not assassins so to me there was no reason why this unit of experienced soldiers backed up by new cadets could take on and not the whole spree army just a couple of truck drivers and some munitions and the decision made sense to me but when it got further in the line in this mission and it was like okay we have to completely obliterate an entire truck full of gunpowder like that's mm-hmm. where i was like there's i know there's another option with that and i know you can do it without having the truck drive head on at you mm-hmm. that one had me that's, shook that's where yeah. alder lost me mm-hmm. i just don't give it up to her for you know the witch daddy so i'm just gonna still stand her <laughs> it it was so it was great and a great idea and this is where we see anacostia even being the great leader that she is says, okay, if this is my mission, I'm gonna do what's best, I think is smartest, and be even kind of creative, like, oh, I have this wild idea, let's go for it. And it did work. I think it was just a matter of the explosives inside the truck that caused the reaction that it did. I think she mm-hmm. also didn't factor that, not factor that in, but wasn't even prepared for how much of that was gonna do. And it's like you said, why weren't the lieutenants and the ones who were doing the training session in the front of that be doing this prepared wind strike is what it's called yes wind strike. Mm-hmm. the Defend- first one yeah it was wind strike the second one i that, they said just like in the rough room so i don't remember what that Defend- was the thing first and having the, the uh cadets back it up which is a little bit extra force so that was the only part that really bugged me too was, especially with libba and everything i was like how are they at the front of this v yeah mm-hmm. and like granted i loved that uh quartermain was telling okay rael you go do this tally i need your skill set here like this was a big step up for me just uh, in Quartermain. I thought I loved watching her in action, seeing her be the drill sergeant and kind of having to play a very specific role 
where she can only reveal so much of her skill set and her intentions, you know, makes it a troubling character as a television viewer. But now that they're in the thick of it, it's this is real. There's, it's not an exercise. It's not a test. We got to see who Cordemain truly is, and I thought she performed marvelously. Yeah, and she got she got my team involved, you know, and I love that. But when I saw all the, like a couple of other people ducking out, I was like, I know there was a better way to set this up. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. I thank you, thank you for that. When we were reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, yes, because she's really stressing the unity. She's really stressing um, the integrity of what this is, despite her personal feelings. And again, it goes in line with that thing we've been talking about—the theme of everybody having to put themselves aside for the greater good. Which is why I was like, you know, okay, yes, I understand the decision. What I don't like with Alder was the intention behind it, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. One of the things I will say is, even in that V formation, one person who stuck to her guns no matter what, she didn't abandon ship, but she was not a part of that killing of the civilians, was Tally. Tally did not mm-hmm. participate in that second strike. She literally stood back and was like, I want no part of that. And I just had Oh, so- I didn't catch that. Yeah. yeah. It was so- did not participate at all. Wow. And that's what I found so interesting. I almost took it out of the perspective of she's being so in the mission, in the mission with City Drop, and then at this moment didn't, but it's very true. She sucked her guns because she didn't, like, jump ship and run away, but she didn't partake in this strike. And I'm so worried in this next episode, she's going to blame herself for Libba and thinking I didn't control. Oh, man. Ooh, oh, my God. That's a layer. Got her. Golly. <laughs> <Got> an onion. <laughs> Oh yeah, me and Tally, we're just we're just on the same wavelength the whole way. You are on it. I am living. Okay, all right. Are we going to talk about the obvious? The obvious, Rael. (laughs) Oh yeah. Gosh. Oh, about (laughs) okay. Yeah, let's bring that up. So she turns the corner to go find the driver of the truck and finds the last person she needs to see, Mm -hmm. which is Scylla. Yes. Um. I mean, fair tactic by the hand of the spree. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going to throw someone off the game, that, you might, that's the way to do it. Right. Yes. Um, but certainly, it must have been cathartic for Raelle. Yes. I wish it was Silla. <laughs> I wish it really was Silla because, honey. <laughs> I think that would have been... I am out for a blood. That would have been the twist of the century if it didn't turn back into that person and she really did kill Sela. like that would have just been like like mind blown like that would have been it she would not have been okay i think but i think it's you're right a bit cathartic in that she needed to almost test herself could i deliver this finishing blow to the woman i love because mm. she betrayed me and my people and my belief like my standard just my side of the battle can i do it or would I only be able to go so far? I need someone like Rhea, Tally, or Abigail to come back me up and do it for me. So I think it's right in a cathartic sense of, I know if this would have been real, I just did that. And I could have. Yeah. Do you think if one of the other people did it, do you think she'd be all up in her feels again? And she'd yeah. be like, oh my God, how could you? You know, she's going to be dramatic again. So at least if she kills her, she has to blame herself. <laughs> Been stomping around in the puddles in her goulashes the whole yes. rest of <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. (laughs) Without question. But I do love that she had to come to grips with herself. She had to put the military to the side. She had to put the spree to the side. She had to put Scylla to the side. And she had to make the decision to fight for herself. That's what that represented to me. She was there alone with her thoughts, with the love of her life, quote unquote. And she really, really dug in 
and decided to make that decision without any bias or any opinion of anybody else. And that was yes. such a point for her for me. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I want to uh, give another shout out though to Cordemain for something that we haven't brought up yet uh, with the tally moment where Tally gave her the intel and she said, and her response was, our intel says otherwise, Alder mm -hmm. uh, is gonna get to go ahead. I, the, the wording of that I thought was very significant and very much up for new interpretation. So I wanna hear everyone's thoughts here. I took it as Quartermain trying her best to protect Tally from the burden of what were certainly going to be moral consequences. That she was being like, oh no, Mm. They're just free. Somebody says otherwise, you don't have to worry about that. And kind of that. <laughs> I'm looking you know, at you know here. <laughs> Gunner. I was I clear? <laughs> you go I want to hear what you have to say. I hope I hope I was clear and not misleading right. at all. I took it very much of uh, Anacostia is the mama bear and she's going to protect her young ones and say the general says they're just spree. You may be misinterpreting it. The higher ups are giving the order. We have to trust that. And this is, I think even Anacostia knew, I don't really know what Tali can see and can't see, but I have to convince her it's okay. Just go along with it. I'm going to deal with this later. Take the baggage off her and I'm put on my shoulders and I'm yeah. going to and say what the hell is this shit? What is this? Yes. <laughs> That's what I mean. See, I'm going to disagree. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I think, while I said that I'm loving Anacostia right now, I disagree and I think that was the moment where she had to snap back and put the feelings aside and go back into military mode. Because obviously military mode, she has to protect her, you know, her higher up, her superior, which is General Alder. And I feel like she did that. And then we saw the development of that in the end when she was so torn up about it. Because she's like, you know, I just like went to bat for you and you totally like threw me under the bus kind of thing. So that's kind of what I saw. Like, I, I felt like she was really just like, I'm going to protect Outer because I know she's making the wrong call. But, and that's my duty as her, you know, as her lieutenant, as her soldier is to, to protect my general. But I think at the same token, she did have the intention you guys are talking about of still wanting to protect her soldiers. But the bigger thing for me was protecting Elder. Demetria, before I let you give us the right answer, because I know you know it. <laughs> Ooh, I'm, I'm so losing. For me, because it wasn't just that she said can, orders, can, like, orders from <laughs> are saying to go ahead. You know, it wasn't just that. She also said, our intel says no one's in there. Yeah. And before then, in the, in the chopper, she was being uh, motherly. Maybe not mama bear, but just straight up motherly. And mm -hmm. trying to, like, encourage every one of the people in there and be like, hey, you got this rail, you're strong. You're, you, if you're worried about it, your team's got you. Like she was really trying to give them support, not like a hoorah, like go get them, but just honest to goodness, foundational support. Mm -hmm. And then later when things went south, like she was very empathetic to her soldiers. So that's, that's where I took it. Mm -hmm. So Demetria, was I right? <laughs> Gunnar, I right? Or is Brian right? What happened? All right. Um, Anacostia was put in a position of loyalty testing. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the situation that she was in, she was trying to make the best of it for everybody. And she's sorting through everything that she's seeing. First off, City Drop in her mind was a terrible, terrible idea. She understood why it had to happen. 
and she just wanted to make sure that everybody came out as unscathed as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, not being able to reach out and be the voice of reason, as you've noticed throughout the season, Anacostia is allowed in a lot of those rooms that other people aren't privy to. The biddies will be there. There'll be another general, and there goes Anacostia. Like, oh, so this, this what, this what I think, you know? <laughs> and she wasn't, she wasn't able to do that. So just trying to be the eyes, the ears, the heart, the mind, and and the protector of everybody while she was in that situation, while putting what she thought to the side. Again, we've really had to deal with that. This episode was was definitely paramount for her. So you are all right. She was trying to protect everybody while protecting everybody. She needed to take that burden mm. off of has been carrying it long enough. She needed to protect Alder. Alder is her mama bear. And mm. oh. raised by Alder. There is a definite degree of loyalty there. And then on top of that, the unit. She's grown very fond of these girls. Um, and, and yes, she has become a bit more matronly. She has come down with the veneer of the I'm strong, I'm structured when it's necessary. But right now, she needed to be that strength and protection by silence. Mm-hmm. yes oh my god okay. i felt that i am living um, applause <laughs> yeah wow, let me know what the chat says about that <laughs> <laughs> oh man um so i think it's it's fair that we can move on from that subject and get to the consequences of these actions because yeah demetria mm-hmm. you uh Quartermain was definitely put in a no-win scenario there yeah and took the loss for herself I, i'm using all of these uh cliches but I don't know how else to put it rough position and she went to go to address that with Alder um uh and then oh boy so like I feel like the entire dynamic of this show has completely been upheaved by the one broadcast that Alder made Pally has probably no idea who she can trust anymore Mm -hmm. because Zillow is a spy. Cordomain held information from her. Alder's decision. Like, and like you, uh, someone pointed out earlier that she, uh, Dimitri, I think it was you, that she is the most unaccustomed to this world. Mm -hmm. So she has very little to hold on to in it. Um, Beyond that, Anacostia probably doesn't really know what to do with trust Mm -hmm. anymore. Yeah. She was torn up in the end. That that one was like, oh, I wasn't ready for that because she was so like, okay like oh like okay again the whole thing of like you were saying um Demetria with her decision between the two of them because she had to you know obey Alder and she had to just take a step back but at the same time she's so torn up even more so about losing one of her soldiers like I feel like obviously it wasn't the right decision but if everybody came out unscathed she would have been totally fine but because they lost someone it was a completely different story absolutely and the matter of not holding the memorial because Alder didn't want that bad press coverage. And that's what I think is the moment. Because I feel like we are starting to see our girls go through a questioning phase and they're going to start questioning the military, questioning Alder. And not so much make it now a narrative of let's investigate and just wreck the whole machine. Just more, we're going to figure out where these loyalties lie and what is going through their minds. And now even Anacostia is going, I trusted you, I went to bat for you. And not even like, I want this one thing of memorial, just a matter of, okay, the right thing to do would be held a memorial. And Alder's like, that's going to hurt my reputation. That's going to make it uglier. And Anacostia sees it as, but the right thing to do is the memorial. And we're going to see now, hopefully, a challenge between Anacostia and Alder, I think. Mm-hmm. Lita's death represented the death of trust to mm-hmm. me. Uh, mm-hmm. 
everyone lost something in that decision that Alder made. And then I think that it was even more antagonized by the fact that she got in this press conference and made it like, you know, we'll take a moment. Mm-hmm. We did this. We did this. They did that. We win. She wasn't even there, honey. <laughs> no blood spilled, no sweat. You know, you just sitting there doling out decisions and not having to be participatory in the repercussions. So, um, yes, this was definitely a, a shift in the matrix for all of the girls as well as Anacostia. You know, you're starting to see some of those threads of, of unity really being pulled and plucked away. And um, I, I, boy, nine and ten, y'all. Yeah, I'm not ready. <laughs> nine um, and ten. Yeah, uh, for me, watching that press conference, like, I was surprised like I'm surprised for myself how on board I was at the beginning because she brought up some points that well that's at the beginning at the beginning <laughs> because she said we got this intel about where uh they were manufacturing mass weapons and uh it unfortunately backfired like she said that there were mass casualties right off the bat when attacking or trying to infiltrate the armory which was true that a lot of good soldiers died in one fell swoop from a surprise attack by the spree. And they like, so to me, there's all the spin you need. If you got to sell that this, the spree are unpredictable and they take things too far and they cause mass uh, loss of life. It was right there in that one moment, Mm -hmm. but to then take the, the second incident, which like there was already hardship and there was already loss of uh, life on both sides and it was ultimately successful and yes it did prevent potential devastations and huge acts of terrorism later like there was enough there that she didn't have to then lay it on thick and lie about it and that's what gets me is Mm. it the lies were unnecessary so yes demetria why is she lying for lying's sake because that president watching that press conference too and she was gonna have a whole lot of (laughs) Yes. She had to, she had to lie because first off, you know, when the when the other general was like, "Where are you getting this intel? How do you know about this armory? You're doing a whole lot in secret, and there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of baggage that comes with that. So, in an effort to keep people from asking too many questions, let's just go on and spread this. First, we're going to put the the best lies are the ones laced with truth. She began with the truth. She embellished at the end. She's a brilliant yes, queen. Oh, with the yeah. art with Witch Daddy. Yep, I'm here it, for her. No. <laughs> See, as a journalist, I, the second that press conference started, I knew she's going to lie about it. I thought she wasn't even going to mention the loss of the cadets because I thought a bellwether unit is the daughter of our president, Bellwether. So I thought she wasn't going to mention it to be a matter of not even let the president worry about her daughter because. I think we were going to see that possibly and see that um, President Bellwether was concerned for her daughter and her cadets more than she normally would would be. And when she started lying about how the spree used the hostages and lost them, I just sat there. I said, yeah. No better. She's not the, the president is Ward. Yeah. yeah. The, Wade. Wade. Wade, Wade. Yeah. Um, General Bellwether is the, yeah. I mean, Bellwether. You know, even even that, you know, having to explain to the general why she made some of the decisions that she made. She put her daughter in danger. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's a whole lot of layers to that. So that lie was definitely necessary for mm-hmm. her. Yes. And it highlighted her own intention. She had to make sure that everybody understood she still had this in control. She still was the one to lead the charge. And she made the right decision. 
No, she's off sitting back at Fort Salem doing nothing. <laughs> Looking around. <laughs> uh, well, it's, it's How about needless Abigail to... and Abigail? Can we please talk about Abigail because I'm dying? Okay, yeah, um... <laughs> right, please. No, because there was something I noticed about Abigail at the toward the end of the episode. I felt like we were all wrapping up and concluding. I was like, okay, I can save my Abigail thoughts for next season. No, 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 we have to talk about it right now. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yeah, she, again, her trust has completely been upheaved. And it's not necessarily trust in other people, but this entire institution and essentially her purpose in life. And not only that, uh, Dimitri, I love that you pointed out that la, the loss of Libba is the loss of truth. Because I, I didn't make that connection. But I did note that I believe this was the first time that Abigail ever called Libba by her first name. Mm-hmm. By not addressing her just as a soldier, but by as a person. Yes. And I thought that was telling of, yes. of Abigail's shift in perspective. Yeah, he, I agree too. I've definitely been like, okay, because even, even in, um, in that moment, that's definitely true. They had their name callings, but if there was a name for her to call Swipe, it was Swipe, the Swipe. You yeah. Swipe. But even with, with Anacostia going and talking with Alder, General. Mm-hmm. I remember that delivery. I said she's questioning everything now. Yeah, now you're just you're just a part of the process. You're not living it. You're not actually feeling anything. So yes, you are absolutely right. When she actually made the connection with the human nature of what this is, and started to see that Libba was was a great leader, she had to give her kudos. Like Abigail really stepped down off the horse and walked with the yes. People. And I absolutely I was here for that. Yeah, seriously. It was a a great scene. And like, to the point where when I saw that there was someone covered uh, by a sheet. I I knew it too. Yeah, I knew I was like, of course, uh, it's Libba. They just had to be friends in this one Mm -hmm. episode and then bam, she's dead. Like, wow, honestly. (laughs) Yes, Gunnar. It's just not how Ryan said. I knew the second we saw that scene, I said, that's why they've been friends. Well, even when they were joking and they had that moment when uh, Libba was comforting Abigail before the main the drop to the admission and saying that you're strong you're you wouldn't be my competition if I didn't think you were a real threat and they both kind of were motivated I said Libba isn't coming out of this alive she's ah. not nope cool and that's awesome I don't exactly something that tarp right well on a positive note I love Ad- Abigail like I'm here for it the cuddle was like for me loved mm-hmm. it uh, <laughs> so fun and I love just the comfort that he brought her you know obviously she would she went through so much and I love how I don't know maybe I missed it but he didn't like throw it in her face did he no no right? no he so didn't. he no he could have totally thrown it back in her face like I told you so I told you this is what war does to you but he just was there for her and just comforted her so I love that so much and I was like mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah that was beautiful uh so everyone's peeked behind the curtain so to speak and are coming into the next episode with fresh perspectives. Uh, but before we get into predictions, uh, Demetria, we would love to do a little Q&A with you if uh, we've got a little bit of time left. I'm down. Great. All right, uh, Gunner, let's yeah. start with you. Um, so I always love to talk to all your characters because I feel all the actresses and the amazing cast have learned so much about themselves through these characters. What would you say has been the biggest part of your journey with with Anacostia and what have you learned about yourself and your and her character and the development you both have grown through this process 
with the work that I've done over the years, I've played some really, really cool characters and I've gotten an opportunity to grow into their strengths. This is one of the very first characters that I've ever played where her strength was developed through her vulnerability. Um, mm. Recognizing that you don't really know everything, understanding that not everything is what you thought and being able to admit those to people that are quote unquote supposed to be learning from you um, is something that I think helps Anacostia become a more uh, understandable character and something that you can relate to a little bit better. You love her, her militant nature. You love the disciplinary factor of it. But as you start to see her come into the mother bear and the more matronly um, role that she's in, you really get a better appreciation for the human that she is. And I absolutely love that about her. Um, I'm a single mama. <laughs> My son growing yes. up. Hallelujah. But, um, but understanding what that struggle was for me and getting to apply that into this role was something that I absolutely cherish. So when people can say, you know, I see the mother part of her coming out, I see the disciplinarian part of it and they make sense together. It was very fulfilling for me. That's incredible. Thing. I love that. I have a question Fine. from the chat yes. as well, um, but, it, but they reminded me about it. Um, Karen, thank you so much for this question because I totally remembered this was my favorite scene from last episode with Scylla, the interrogation scene. I want to just know, the chat wants to know as well as me, what, what was that like, you know, filming that from both like a character and actress perspective? How was that for you? First of all, I want to give a shout out to Amalia. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, met, we met together at the test shoot. Like we were oh. actually hired the same day within minutes of each other. Um, we were sitting together when we got the call. We developed a bond within the waiting room before we got the audition done. And so to be in that scene with somebody that I absolutely adore as a person and as a talent and to have built this world with her from the very beginning. And now I have to torture somebody. Yes. <laughs> and respect. It was intense. Like we, we had to really, oh, we had to find that, that line between love, hate, and understand that passion is the commonality between it. And so I think we came from very passionate places um it, when we when we got off set we were like yo let's go get let's go get some food like I really do. <laughs> you know but but she killed in that moment and I love yeah. the choices that she made I love the mood that was set by the DP Elliot's writing was again creative amazing and you had so many layers to build off of so that raw emotion being in that space it took us a minute to come out of it and usually when they yell cut I'm like all right who wants Starbucks ah! <laughs> yes it was not that. And as everything progresses, you'll see even more of that dy dynamic. I love that. Thank you. Well, wow. on that note, we've mentioned a lot today about what we're looking forward to in the next episode. I you know I have, I know Gunnar has. Uh, Brian, I didn't quite hear a prediction from you. So I want to get one prediction before we sign off for today. So what are you Ooh. hoping to see in the next couple episodes? Um, I want to see a showdown between Alder and Anacostia. I feel like that's what's coming. Uh, All right. <laughs> so I'm going to say, and I think the chat agrees with me on that too, because with especially this episode, I think that that's what's going to happen next. I'm going to hold out for episodes nine and 10 and we'll see what's going to happen. But I want Anacostia to come up and be the next general. So we will see. <laughs> oh, that would be fun. Uh, Demetra, do, you, do you agree with that? <laughs> would you like, like to step into Alder's shoes? <laughs> I mean, I hope she ain't watching this, but I want her spot. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh we'll just have to wait and see what happens next week um Demetra, thank you so much for being here again uh you have brought a wonderful uh personality and uh perspective onto this episode uh which again this was such a significant episode 
that I'm just itching to see what happens next week. Thank you to our fans for being here. We appreciate you guys making us the ESPN of TV talk for contributing to our conversation. Like, subscribe, ring bells, give stars. We appreciate all of that. Uh, it's what allows wonderful people like Demetria to be on our show because uh, it's for everyone. Uh, anyway, uh, Demetria, where can everyone find you online if the fans want to get in touch with you further? You guys can follow me at Demetria, the number four reel on Instagram and Snapchat. I love the filters. Um, and there is at Demetria, oh, no, I'm sorry, at Demi McKinney. The website is DemetriaMcKinney.com. And I just want to give a continued shout out to all the people on the front line still with this COVID-19 thing going on. Thank you so much for what you are doing. Thank you so much for what you haven't done. And thank you for just continuing to be our first line of defense. We appreciate you. Yeah. Shout out to the fixers because this show is, That's it. Uh, it, it promotes the, the power and the value of people who are there to heal others. And boy, oh boy, is that a great time to see that on television. Yes. Uh, Brian, where can everyone find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at the Brian Santos and catch me on AfterBuzz TV's Quarantine with the Stars. Gunner. Thank you so much for all our frontliners and all everyone giving what they have right now during COVID-19. And you guys can find me on all social medias at the Gunner Thomas and on the Avatar The Last Airbender After Show as well. Awesome. Uh, guys, you can find me at Twitter at Kevin Allen Instagram at Kevin Allen Graham. Once again, uh, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you to everyone who's been a part of it. We will see you next week. Bye, Ron. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.